0: It's Wednesday, July fifteenth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Wednesday! Thank you. It's good to be here. We've got earnings palooza. Earnings starting to ramp up this week. So it's not a
1: palooza. It's not, not a palooza no, yet. It's no. really
0: not. Next week is going to be one of those weeks where it's like hundred fifty companies in the S and P five hundred are are reporting. But this week we got we got some big names. Yeah, we
1: had some big names.
0: We got some airlines. We got some restaurants. This is not a
1: palooza. It's not a. Pal- <laughs> it's not a palooza. <laughs> Don't, don't degrade Palooza that way. It's, it's like throwing the word gate onto anything that is like a, a non. Or one
0: of your pet peeves, the perfect storm. Yes. You, you you hate when people use the perfect storm, which is truly a once in a century event. And it just gets Should the, be. It's thrown, Should a, be. thrown around a lot. Uh, we'll also dip into the full mailbag. Let's start, however, with Bank of America. Uh, second quarter revenue. Came in better than expected, profit more than doubled from a year ago. You got to be happy if you're Bank of
1: America. You know, I, I think that we are going to come back to one of my favorite themes, which is the the important thing, and it is to have an easy act to follow. And and Bank of America has a relatively easy act to follow over, over the last uh, five to ten years. Say, uh, they're they're beginning to get their their house in order. They're still working down some of the problem mortgage uh, loans, but uh, that effect is decreasing as time goes by. Uh, so it was a relatively good quarter.
0: I love the fact that right up top in the reports uh, in the media on this quarter, right up in the first paragraph, uh, no lower than the second paragraph, uh, the lowered legal costs is called up. It's like, yes, yes, profit is up. you know why? Because they're not spending billions dealing with the lawsuits from the countrywide
1: acquisition, or, or fixing the foreign exchange markets, right. and it was just them and everybody else. So really, you can't fault them for we're, just being part of something that everybody was doing for many years. But but now that they've solved that by solved, I mean paid off. Um, you know the regulators, uh, along with most of the other the banks that were involved, although not all Deutsche Bank uh, is still working on that. Um, anyway, it's it's a better better time for them they've they've solved some of their legal problems and uh, they'll still have lots of them because the regulations are increased uh, now compared to what they were pre 07 uh, but it, that is a a function of their reduced costs
0: we were talking about this earlier this morning the countrywide acquisition mm. where does that rank in your mind in terms of worst business acquisitions very high I mean, it's, it's it, got to be
1: in terms of this seems obvious that it's an awful acquisition the moment that it happened I would say it's number one that that is it just seemed whether you followed bank stocks closely or not that it was a, a possibly catastrophic acquisition uh, and and it was right it was it was a, of such a, a, a blindingly weird uh, choice and timing to do this uh, that you, you had to figure that these guys know something I don't know because all I'm doing is following the headlines and obviously countrywide is a disaster and it'll probably turn out to be a bigger disaster than it seems to be. So maybe they know something about the assets that I don't know. That wasn't the case. Um, you know, that said, the Bank of America also acquired Merrill Lynch not long after that, under you know, similarly uh, stressful situations for the acquiree. Uh, and, and that's turned out pretty well.
0: Let's move over to the airline industry. Second quarter profit and revenue for Delta Airlines. Both came in better than expected. Uh, Richard Anderson, the CEO, said that Delta continues to benefit from a drop in fuel prices. I believe that makes Richard Anderson an early candidate for CEO understatement of the year.
1: Uh, maybe in Delta's case, because they had so uh, significantly hedged fuel, they're not getting the full benefit of the decline in, in oil prices that some of their competitors are. So, understatement coming from Delta may be more justified than others. Uh, it's time now to consider whether the sort of local mantra, the full mantra that you know, airlines are not worth uh, investing in, as, as a buy and hold investment goes, airlines other than Southwest have been all disasters. Uh, nowadays, given the degree to which they have improved their business models, largely by making us pay for our bags and and a few other you know incremental uh, fees, uh, the bi- the business seems to be much more stable. Uh, that's a that's a function of a good economy as well, of course. But I, I would say, you can now consider airlines to be something that a sound, long and hold investor should take a look at.
0: But let me push back a little bit, because fuel prices down 24% last year, and yes, as you said, Delta hedged, so they didn't get the full benefit of that, but a lot of things have gone right, a lot of things sort of out of the control of the airlines themselves. Have gone right. So the conditions for the success that we've seen in airline stocks, particularly over the last eighteen months, the conditions have been set up for them to succeed. so it's it's you know you can look at a group of airline stocks and basically American Airlines is the outlier in terms of not beating the market over the last year. and you can look at that and basically be like, well gosh, what what are you doing wrong that everyone else is succeeding and you're not? Yeah. so that's so I, I hear what you're saying in terms of they're worth taking a look at. But I think it's also worth mentioning that uh, they've had a great environment over the last two years.
1: Yes. And now may not be the time to do it. I'm just saying that over the last 15 to 20 years, you would have been right to give airlines no more thought than Buffett has recommended, which is, you know, that it would have been a public service to shoot down Orville and Wilbur Wright, whichever one was actually flying. can't recall, but uh, that that would have been more of a public service uh, because of the returns that investors have suffered from from airlines. And and that's a pithy little quote and, and also somewhat true. And I think that now that the airlines have figured out how to manage their costs better, they have done so with, as you point out, the tailwinds of fuel prices going the right way, an improving economy also being very important those two things will not always be true. Uh, But still, I'm I'm more inclined to think that you can make money buying and holding for the long-term in this sector uh, than than I would have thought was possible five years ago.
0: Yum Brands is the parent company of Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell. Uh, I guess the good news is that their second quarter profit looked pretty good, certainly better than Wall Street was expecting. Uh, But overall, revenue down for the fourth straight quarter. Fourth straight quarter of falling sales, and China continues to be terrible for them.
1: Well, again, let's go back to what I was talking about before. It's nice to have um, an an easy act to follow. And the China uh, decline in same-store sales uh, has was of such a degree last year, uh, on the on the heels of the the chicken uh, infestation or or one of their suppliers having having some regulatory problems, uh, that now they are down 10 percent uh, same store sales. But that still isn't uh, any worse than was expected, really. And uh, the stock is trading near an all time high. It's a little bit worse high. than was expected. Not not to a degree. I mean, given how hard it is to get that kind of number right when it's moving around as much as it has, the stock's near an all-time high. China is the headline for the company every quarter, even though India is a growing part of the business and they still, this is hard to believe, do business here in the United States and Europe. uh, Because it does seem like a largely uh, irrelevant set of brands to us, I think, in the U.S what do you mean when you
0: say to us to, to, to literally just to you and me
1: no no I'm I'm more likely to eat at any of these places than the, the all, most of the Americans who I associate with who I think now turn their nose up to them um, but and and China uh, there was a large degree of cachet in in KFC as, as is sort of a premium experience for you know aspirational uh, uh, buyers to go out and, and see and experience and uh, adhere you know, it, it. I think the place that Pizza Hut plays in our lives today, compared to what it might have played 40 years ago, it's, it's less. KFC less. Uh, so it seems from a U.S. perspective that these are stagnant brands. But but in China and, and India, and, and although the China same store sales is, has declined, they're still growing. You know, units there, and they're growing units pretty rapidly in India. The the
0: one concern I would have, and I don't own shares, but the one concern I would have about China, um, beyond the fact that it, it it does represent about half of their sales, if not slightly more than that, when you look at KFC um, and Pizza Hut in China, so obviously it's very important to the overall company, but they've had two poultry issues, supplier issues, in the last three years, and. Even taking into account that the stock is near an all-time high, I just sort of look at that and go, you know what, I'm not cutting you any slack on this, because I need to see probably a couple of years' worth of no problems whatsoever. It's It's like what Johnson & Johnson used to be in terms of its quarterly reports, where Johnson & Johnson is such a huge company that it seemed like pretty much every quarter they would come out and one of their major divisions would have some sort of problem, whether it was a recall of some sorts or whatever, and that would sort of hamper the results. And that's how I look at KFC, uh, KFC in China. I just go, you know what? You you need you need a couple years worth of a clean record before I'm going to feel like you guys have a handle on this.
1: Well, you you missed out on nearly thirty percent. Rise in the price of the stock this year by, by doing that, um, and and that's fair and that's a uh, an understandable way to approach. You know, a, a fool me once, you know, shame on shame on me or shame on you, right? Fool me twice, and they've they've now suffered that second significant uh, problem with their suppliers, but they're managing it to it. Uh, they are they have changed their their suppliers. We'll see whether they have fixed it this time around. They, you know, they can't be held responsible for the avian flu types of things that have occurred uh, as well. But yes, they, if they don't have control of their suppliers by now, I think you're going to see a, a more significant exit from the stock than we have up to this point. Which it's really held up pretty well, even in light of all these uh, problems they've had.
0: Do you think the new Colonel Sanders ad campaign is playing over in China? Do you think that?
1: I, I think that's too much to explain, don't you think? I mean, it seems to be, and I haven't. I, I don't know. I, I have a hard where, time getting my head
0: around it here.
1: Right, where it's. <laughs> I haven't seen a, a full ad, uh, but it does seem to take some explaining to Americans as to what they might be trying to do. Although I think the ads are successful in getting attention to the brand. The ads are getting coverage. Yes, which to a degree is is success. To a degree. To a degree. To a degree.
0: Yeah. Well, as we've talked about uh, sticking with the restaurant space, as we've talked about in the past, the Burger King, King, that got attention for the brand, but it was, I I would argue, not all good. Attention. Significantly
1: weirder. And then then I understand the the new you know reanimated uh, Colonel Sanders. I agree to be. With that.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, no, the Burger King King was was definitely weirder. He Ra- was
1: spookier, scarier, right?
0: Uh, I don't. I, I'm going to go with creepier, creepier, creepier. <laughs> yes. Radio dot com is our email address. Question from Steve Rogers, listener number nine point five.
1: Captain America, boy, is he tired of hearing that? You know. <laughs>
0: That probably, I bet. It, yeah, I bet. If you're walking around and your name is Steve Rogers, over the last few years, yeah, you're getting a lot of Captain America jokes. Uh, love the show, guys. Always first. Used to problems. love the
1: show. Yeah,
0: <laughs> used, yeah to. used to love the show until you went with the hacky Captain America joke.
1: <laughs> right in any of you with names that are aliases for <laughs> for superheroes. For, for
0: superheroes. Uh, is it generally better to take dividends in cash? Or go to your broker and sign up for dividend reinvestment. Thanks for the great work. Um, great question because uh, you know that first of all, good that he's thinking about that, and and you know if if you're not thinking about that, take a moment at some point in the next few days and look at your portfolio and look at the stocks that are issuing dividends because it's entirely possible that you may not know. What's going on with them? But as a general rule of thumb, do you do you have a default for your own investments?
1: Uh, No, uh, there's a default for say uh, most mutual funds will default you into automatically reinvesting your dividends. Stocks do not. um, So as a, a general rule of thumb you're investing in stocks in your, say, 20s and 30s to build a portfolio for retirement. And at that point, having an automatic dividend reinvestment plan would be a good thing because it takes the uh, thought of doing anything away from you. It takes the, you know, should I invest more at this point in time uh, out of your hands, which is largely the advantage of, of automatically adding your savings through a 401k, is it just, it just doesn't take that active uh, action which is what prevents people from doing better in the market is is when they're defaulted into uh, regular contributions they end up doing better now if you're a retiree and you have built a portfolio of dividend paying stocks so that you can live off the income obviously you're looking to use that income for your uh, living expenses then you don't want to be have that automatically reinvested so if you're you know, 20s and 30s, yeah, is probably 40s, 50s even uh, better to have that automatically working for you because, you know, otherwise you're more likely to leave the money lying around.
0: I can also see uh, taking a mixed approach because if, you know, there may be some companies that you look at and think, well, you know what, I actually would love to put the dividends to work acquiring more shares of this company, but some others, I'm just, you know, particularly. You know, in my case anyway, the big sort of more stable investments. No, I'd I'd rather get the cash and sort of build up a little bit of a cash position, so that I can deploy it elsewhere.
1: Yeah, depends on what you are going to do with it. If what you're going to do is forget about it, forget that it's in your account, you're better off with an automatic reinvestment program. If you have plans on what you will do with cash when you have cash to invest, then Yeah, take those dividends and and put them into whatever you're looking at if you're a more active investor. You can read more from Bill Barker
0: and his colleagues. Go to FoolFunds.com and sign up for declarations, the free monthly newsletter. That's FoolFunds.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.